This episode is brought to you by Ready Set Podcast. They have prices to fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. They make it super easy to create your own podcast and they can help you record, edit, and publish. If you have a podcast idea, they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website or social media. Their website is www.readysetpodcast.xyz. Ready Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. I am Olivia Clement. I'm Isaac Sims. And I'm Eric Pham, and you're listening to Flyover Film Country. A podcast about movies set in places often overlooked in the United States. And today we are diving into Jeff Nichols' 80s sci-fi homage, Midnight Special. It stars Michael Shannon as a father on the run from a religious cult and the federal government. Jaden Martell plays the boy with goggles and incredible powers. The movie also features Joel Edgerton, Kristen Dunst, Adam Driver, and Sam Shepard. Released in the same year as his Oscar-nominated civil rights drama, Loving, Midnight Special is Nichols' most ambitious and personal movie and strangely his least successful. Nichols has stated in interviews that this was his least well-executed story and that he wrote it with a chip on his shoulder. In this episode, we'll examine the reasons why the movie flopped at the box office, Nichols' interviews surrounding the movie, and discuss whether it is effective as a sci-fi story. Um, I I thought it would be fun to kick this off you guys had not seen this before i watched this for the second time yesterday i I did see this one you oh you had seen it before yes cool awesome i like this movie a lot now that i've seen it twice what what are y'all let's just kick it off there because i feel like this is his most controversial movie um and it's kind of defined by like its failure at the box office and people just think it's a strange weird movie what what did you guys think when whenever you saw this for the first time? So I have the same exact uh, feeling about the movie. I saw this one in theaters like junior year of college, I think is when it came out. And I was really hyped for it because Mud, I really loved Mud. And I'm like, oh, the director of Mud is doing a crazy sci-fi movie. And then when I saw it in theaters, I was like, I was I had such high expectations for the movie, I think. That I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Then when I visited it, revisited, I, I think this is the only the second time I've watched it since then, and I I enjoyed it a lot more for whatever reason. I bet through. I bet this was a lot of fun to watch in theaters, and I didn't yes. really think about it until yesterday yeah. when I rewatched it, and I was like, man, like especially at the end, the ending, like, the yeah. music is. I mean, oh, yeah. we'll get all into into all that later, but it was yeah, it was it was fun in the theaters. I was just underwhelmed by the story the first time whenever I watched it. The second time I enjoyed it. I liked it. Nice. Olivia, how about you? I liked it. Uh, It very much felt like a Jeff Nichols movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I were to just have watched this like randomly, I may not have appreciated it as much as I do or enjoyed it as much as I did. But I think after watching, uh, because I've seen Mud before and I'll rewatch it again once we get closer to that. Um, But, you know, watching Shotgun Stories, um and and you know loving and those his movies i feel like again are kind of a slow slow burn but i feel like i don't know i i really liked it i i wasn't disappointed by it but i also didn't really know much about it other than it's more sci-fi than uh maybe his other movies so yes yeah i really liked it so to set and i'm sure you guys guys know this but for the sake of you know 
our our listeners the the background of this movie is that he it was inspired by his son when he was one one year old he had a, a febrile seizure and it scared him and his wife to death and it kind of started the idea for midnight special like you can't control your kids you can't control who they're going to be what they're going to be interested in what kind of talents and abilities they're going to have and midnight special was kind of birthed from that when he started writing it or you know writing that the first draft for the movie uh mud had come out of con and it couldn't he they, it couldn't find a distributor for like two or three months which is really strange because I've looked at his box office numbers and Mud is by far his least or his most successful movie. So he said that he would he wrote Midnight Special trying to figure out and process his feelings behind like, you know, it, Mud wasn't a failure. It's it's probably his best movie, I would say. Um, but like Harvey Weinstein walked out of that like uh, distributor viewing apparently and it, no one cares what his opinion is exactly on which is like something i want to say because a lot of people said like well harvey weinstein walked out of that that's got to be so humiliating and i'm like but jeff nichols also said i know who i want to work with and i know who i don't want to work with and he didn't straight up say like i didn't want i don't want to ever work with harvey weinstein but i bet that's what he was insinuating oh so, yeah a hundred percent no, I don't even want to get it started on Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, we're not. We're right. gonna have a good time. We're not gonna have a bad time here. So that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's kind of where he. Uh, let me find the quote, and I'll just read it. He said in an interview with GQ, they were saying like, "How do you keep your personal life separate from the what you create, and how do you keep like the critiques of your work separate?" from your personal life. And he said, you kind of have to protect the health of who you are in order to do this work. All the press and money and all these things are kind of like a drug. You need more and more and more. It can open you up to a lesser side of yourself really quickly. Uh, Mud was a failure at con. Nobody wanted to buy it. So the summer I wrote Midnight Special, I was riding with a chip on my shoulder. And that turned out to be my least successful film and probably my least well executed. It's because I allowed myself to be affected by the response. We'd be morons if we weren't affected by it but you somehow have to protect this thing that you are or it can really hurt you and your work so i was i i i don't attribute the failure of this movie at the box office specifically because it has it has pretty high reviews on rotten tomatoes and imdb um but it, like the box office response i don't really attribute to anything in terms of the screenplay um what are your what are your guys thoughts because especially second time watching this through, I was more impressed. And I would, I kind of think that this might be his, it's definitely his most ambitious, but there are just a lot of smart decisions in this movie story-wise. What are what are you guys' thoughts? About why it may have flopped out the box office? Yes. Yeah. Or do you guys have any like specific nitpicks with it that it, you regards, think might, yeah. In regards to the box office, I think, I think sci-fi movies are just like some of the hardest Mm -hmm. to market and make their mm -hmm. money back unless you're a marvel movie or star wars yeah you're probably gonna lose barely make your money back in most cases you're gonna yeah. lose some money just because sci-fis they're not the thing that people go out and watch in bulk right that was what i was thinking is like it's really hard to make a i think a sci-fi movie that people want to see that's not marvel or star in a, in a, in a an adaptation of an existing story. yeah and and I mean, you know, when I think sci-fi, like I think of of like Star Wars, uh, of Star Trek, um, 
at this point alien is its own you know franchise right and so or like a uh, predator you know and so it's hard to like do sci-fi that's original and not building off of something that's already in existence and and you know jeff nichols i when i think sci-fi i don't think jeff nichols as the director now i think that he absolutely could if he wanted to build a franchise i bet he could but that doesn't that's not going to draw people in right now i don't think did y'all know that he we y'all know that he's gonna do the next uh quiet place place. yeah 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 Yeah. which which was also interesting because i read a ton yesterday about his his philosophy towards franchises and he said he said in an interview people were like asking him, is it true that Warner Brothers wanted you to do Aquaman? And he said, I mean, kind of like I talked to, he talked to like some executive about it. They had a conversation and he said, the weird thing to me about Aquaman, and then he goes off for like a couple sentences about how Aquaman technically could only, he would breathe underwater like a frog, like his lungs would create the oxygen (laughs) through his skin. And so he like went off on a tangent like that. And he I wish I should. I wish I had written it down because it made me crack up, and it was kind of this side of him. Like I don't really. He's a nerd. Well, he's a nerd, but I don't consider him to be like a a funny person. I don't know. And so, so he was like, "All right, well, nice talking to you about that. I'm gonna go back to my life." And so he, (laughs) but that was. I just respect that. That's his approach to things. That like he's so insistent on doing things his way. He demands final cut and final edit of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um. Or of his movies. So, but yeah, so he was going to do Aquaman. And then he was like, nah, I don't, don't really care about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he cares, he cares a lot that if Aquaman got in, oil, in an oil slick, he wouldn't be able to breathe. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a very like logical thought. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just I, I appreciate piling that. on to the endless jokes that have been made about Aquaman. Poor Aquaman. I, I still Aquaman, think the, the Family Guy joke about Aquaman is the best, where he like pops up in the waves and the woman's getting mugged on the beach and he she's like help me and he's like hey stop that don't don't make me come over there and he like just does he like won't get out of the, the water. <laughs> Man, I think Entourage Entourage is the reason why Aquaman is such a huge joke. Uh, there's an ongoing joke and plot plot line in entourage that makes aquaman a complete a complete uh joke and no one can take aquaman seriously if you watch entourage we can now i don't know i don't know i i could not watch aquaman with a straight face did you like aquaman i loved aquaman i thought it was all right it's uh, it's, i couldn't get past the entourage jokes every time Aquaman, (laughs) i just thought of entourage jokes so I just thought about my man. My man. Aqua, my man. Aqua, my man. I the way he the way he is like portrayed in Justice League and like the way he's portrayed in Aqua like that his movie feel very different. I do really like and I bet Snyder's going to take it out, but I I really like that one scene where he's like he's you don't know that he's touching the lasso of truth and he's just uh. gushing about like how he feels about the team and like how beautiful yeah. Wonder Woman is. And then he's like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> oh man. The we Snyder love, cut. We love Aquaman. Two thirds of us love Aquaman. I mean, I don't hate Aquaman. I just, yeah. James Wan was the perfect person. Can yeah, you, James I mean, is an to, incredible director. I think that Jeff Nichols is more suited to something like a quiet place than Aquaman because yeah. he, for sure. His and, talents, yeah. 
I was gonna say his talents would be wasted on super on your could, on most superhero movies. Yeah, could you like could you imagine how different Aquaman would have been? <laughs> it would have been just, like a lot of him just like looking at the ocean and like looking at Amber Heard and then Amber Heard looking at the ocean and and it would have been great, <laughs> but it would have been completely different. <laughs> it would have been it would have been a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. what superhero? would jeff nichols be good to to adapt he's in that warner brothers family now Mm -hmm. which is which is awesome to think about like you know his producer i think it's sarah green um Mm -hmm. they're they're like in that family now and they love him which i think is so cool and that they respect like auteur filmmakers like him and nolan and a couple others but i i also i kind of feel like he would have been good and apparently um john watts is doing fantastic four yeah, I feel yeah, like I he would have been really good for. Yeah, Fantastic I was gonna say Four. something with families. I mean, where a super, some kind yeah. of superhero with family as their main theme. Or yeah, yeah, like either they're a family already, or they like come together as a family and have that sort of like family like feel. Um, maybe something with like uh, what are their names? Billy and Tommy, the Maximoff twins, or yeah. Vision Maximoff twins. That would be interesting, but I, guess would- I don't know. It's more likely he would do something DC. He, yeah, and I feel like I, I was trying to think of other DC characters. Yeah. Um, but like maybe like maybe Shazam, like a, yeah. a spinoff of Shazam of like the whole family type type thing. Yeah. I always forget Shazam is a DC movie just because it feels <laughs> so, so different from everything yeah. else. And it's actually it's, good. It's yeah. So no, it's good. so good. Yeah. Yeah, I literally cheered in that. I think we've talked about it on my. Yes, uh, yeah. I cheered at the at that scene where they. That all was turned. so good. Spoilers for Shazam: the whole all the orphans turn into superheroes, and it's the coolest, awesomest it's, thing I've it ever is seen. Great Christmas movie. It's, it'll definitely it be is. so fun. Christmas list. Yeah. I forgot. I completely forgot about that one. Technically, oh, we're we're gonna do an updated because I've already thought of like a bunch. Yeah, of we're gonna Christmas do an updated movies. Christmas list. Yeah. You guys, Christmas after watching Christmas. all these Michael Shannon movies, you have to watch the night before where Michael Shannon plays a week. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't forgot about your your uh like just gushing, Mister um, Green. That's summary my of, role. of Michael Shannon in that movie. Yeah. So <laughs> every time I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, Eric loves that movie and he loves Michael Shannon and I love Michael Shannon, so I'm gonna watch it. So. Definitely. Okay, so we went on, we didn't went down that rabbit hole which was really fun but uh so i'm looking at some some of our other topics so this movie had an 18 million dollar budget and this just like hurts me so much 18 million is not a big budget for a sci-fi movie um and he had been pretty successful but it only grossed like 6.7 million which is so which hurts a lot yeah because it's i mean it's less than half yep yeah. Nah. What do you guys what do you guys think about this story? Basically what you have is the movie starts with them like the first night after they leave the cult. So there's a cult involved. Mm-hmm. There's the federal government chasing them. So two two malevolent organizations with different goals chasing them. Um this this is just it's a strange story. Mm-hmm. But it's but it's so reminiscent of like Close Encounters and E.T. Contact. But it's so much more. The what? Contact is another good one. Oh yeah, yeah. like all those classic '80s mm-hmm. movies that that he he. I don't even. I don't think he references any, but he says '80s sci-fi movies, and that's his, that is its own genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 80 sci-fi movies so yep. definitely reminiscent of all those. Yep. And again, I thought I loved how religion came up 
in yeah. this movie a lot more. Mm-hmm. And what did you guys think that maybe he was he was kind of commenting on some of his own experiences with religion from this movie? I don't know. I, I well, one thing I I love the topic and just subject matter of cults. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, it's always interesting to see uh, th- that storyline displayed in movies. I, I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can say if it was reminiscent of anything personally he's dealt with before. Is I always find it interesting, especially in this story. Like this is modern times, but like you have people living on a ranch and the way they dress and yep, it, this stuff is like going on today, right? Like yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. I'm, I'm just blown away by that. Um, yeah, no, there's a church here in um, Oklahoma City where like the women are still expected to like only wear dresses and they can't like it. It, it feels very cult like from the way it's been explained to me in, in several ways of like you can't really disagree with what the pastor says and stuff like that. I'm just like, ooh, that sounds like a cult to me, but mm. less like a church and more like a cult. But um, a lot of people who are not involved in any sort of like organized religion view organized religion as somewhat of a cult. So right. it, I mean, yeah, it, I, I loved the portrayal of, of the government and the, uh, and the cult in this movie, because mm-hmm. you have, uh, the alien essentially, and you have pretty much, those are pretty much two ways that most people would react. You would have one group of people worship mm-hmm. this unknown being as a, some kind of savior or God. Then you have the government, of course, who's going to be like, going to want to militarize it or kill it or do away with it. And I, I, I love the fact that they had, or Jeff Nichols incorporated those two storylines. So I wish we got to see more of the cult. Um, yeah. It, uh, Sam Shepard was kind of wasted. I don't think we saw him like the last half, the whole no, hour he, of the movie. Yeah. Last hour, yeah. Movie. After the, after that interrogation scene yeah. with mm-hmm. him and driver, I'm pretty sure you don't see him again. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and what's, I think that's another interesting choice in this movie because there are, I mean, this is kind of, it's kind of like a Transformers movie in a way too, because you would have a a general who's like yelling and he's like clearly the villain, like clearly the portrayal of mm-hmm. the the militarization uh, and like, we're going to blow it up because we don't understand it type of villain, but you don't have that. And all you have is like, I forget the name of it. He, he's in mud too, but the main FBI guy. Yep. And then you have Driver, who is so good in this movie. He like Paul, Paul Sparks is the, the Paul Sparks, yep, agent. Yes. Yeah, yep. he's one of the Sorry. he's one of the mobsters in Mud too. He's also a he, Boardwalk Empire alumni as well. I think yeah. he watches a lot of Boardwalk Empire because like, I, I think every movie heck yeah, he maybe we should do Boardwalk we should do a, a Boardwalk Empire bonus. I think Paul Sparks is in a couple other uh, Jeff Nichols movies as well. Really, like as, as like a. Well, I'll, I'll double check. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure. Also, enjoy fun fact: movies. Paul Sparks is from Oklahoma. Oh, there you go. Fly he's from there. he's from Lawton. Look at that. I love. I do, I do love that this movie. I mean, the costumes. The, even though this is a sci-fi movie, th- this is not a departure from these very ordinary type of. Uh, I mean, like they're they're movie stars in this movie, but. They're all dressed very normal. All the people <laughs> yeah. in the cult are wearing like just very plain drab clothing. Mm-hmm. The landscapes are really cool, but they're also like kind of backwoods, uh, backroads types of landscapes. I love that huh. he's capturing these places that are kind of being swept, quote unquote, swept away by, you know, um, ho- like Hollywood and sure the country. Yeah, so. yeah the, the cast is is awesome. I'm, I'm always like, 
appalled at all the amazing cast that that Jeff Nichols manages mm-hmm. to, to gather. Most of them, I guess, reoccurring from movie to movie. But I enjoyed Kirsten Dunst and Joel Edgerton, of course, and Adam Driver was a was an awesome seeing him in this. He's so good. He's so yeah, good. he really is. What's, think- what's y'all's favorite Adam Driver movie? Ooh, ooh. Logan Lucky, maybe. Dude, that, out, that that's Dude, gonna. Logan that's Lucky is really good. It rules. Did it's you just so say good. Call flower. Well, man, you burned man, the bacon I just so Logan I like. Lucky. So I'll hear you out. <laughs> that is like my favorite performances from everybody that's in that. <laughs> that's, Channing Tatum's good. Yeah, he's like that he might is. be my favorite Channing Tatum performance not, too. It's definitely my favorite Daniel Craig performance. Um, I, I mean, think it, I like awesome. uh, Knives Out. Uh, ben oh Ryan. yeah, of course. Yeah, a little yeah. bit more than uh, yeah. Yeah, it's isn't it funny, guys, that like Daniel Craig is he just does weird stuff. People are like, yeah, he's James Bond. He's super cool and serious. And it's like, no, he like does. We- oh, yeah. if he had a choice, yeah. he would do weird stuff like the stuff he does on SNL and Logan yeah. Lucky and Knives Out. Well, he's also probably the only actor who's ever played James Bond that has ever done anything like that. Like, right. is that fair to say? That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, he's like, and, and, he's really funny. And I feel like everyone yeah. else is like every other actor I mean, who's portrayed him, except maybe Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery had yeah. a great sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Pierce Brosnan was in like a couple of, like he was in Mrs. Doubtfire and that kind of thing. But like, he's James Bond, right? Like right. he's, he always plays kind of like the, the action hero right, guy. Right. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Driver, yeah. Driver is he just has this crazy screen presence where you walk in again, he kind of, I mean, he has very unique uh, facial features and facial structure, but you, he also kind of looks normal, but then he walks in he has this kind of like boyish excitement mm-hmm. energy, no, no matter like what role he's in, mm-hmm. but he just, he very cleverly morphs it into whatever the performance needs and this movie needed someone who was like inside the government, but also in awe of what this kid could do mm-hmm. and like be a good, good guy and be likable. Mm-hmm. And whenever I had totally forgotten about whenever he got handcuffed and he's like, is it too much for, for you to, to ask him for you to punch <laughs> me in the face? And Edgerton just like stares at him and he goes, never mind, never mind. It's fine. It's fine. Forget I forget I said. It. And he just yeah. like walks away before he's done speaking. Uh, that's like one of the only times i've laughed like, in a in a nichols movie which isn't a detriment to nichols but i think it's maybe like i think that because Dr- driver is going to be the lead for his movie about the guy in the cuban revolution that's mm-hmm. kind of like the yankee commandant um with that kind of leading man nichols might be able to do something really interesting because shannon he's utilized Shannon really well, but he's also utilized Shannon more or less the same as he's like had him as a leading man, like serious stripped down, mm-hmm. like facial express, expressive acting, emotional acting, but driver driver can just like do a ton of stuff. And he's, and he's like charismatic in a way that Shannon isn't. So I just like had that thought. And I was like, Oh man, I'm like even more excited to see what he does with driver as the star. Yeah. Well, and like Shannon, when he's in like the five minutes he's in loving, he's he's a completely different character sure. than we've yeah, ever yeah. seen him in yeah. other Jeff Nichols movies. And so but yeah, it's it's been more or less the same mm-hmm. when he's kind of like the lead guy. So yep. also, how mad would he, either of you have been if I had said Rise of Skywalker is my favorite driver performance? <laughs> I don't I don't know what I've. Yeah, I think I, I know what I have to do, but I'll know if I have the strength to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not bad. 
<laughs> I said That's that to Jess true. the other day, and she was like, "Is that Kylo Ren?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> she was like, "Where did that come from?" And I was like, "I don't know." Oh man, more, more. <laughs> That's my other favorite, like the, the Last Jedi when uh, but- they're shooting. Uh, Luke Skywalker, and he's like, more. But you know, that's become like a meme. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like no, garlic love- parmesan at <laughs> Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So you guys never actually answered my question. No, I wouldn't be mad at all. I think, yeah, I think Adam Driver was one of the few bearable things of the new trilogy. Okay. So. I mean, yeah. I think he's, I think he's very good in. Wait, are you being serious? No. You can be. No, Logan Lucky is probably my favorite. Yeah. I think The Last Jedi is he's excellent in that movie yeah. and yeah. kind of like his sincerity and weightiness kind of carries that movie. Right, yeah. Right. And maybe in Rise of Skywalker too. Yeah, he definitely he had the the best like acting chops throughout the Yeah, movie. as a whole, I think. Yeah. I just can't I hope I never have to watch that movie again. <laughs> Rise of I, yeah, I rewatched <laughs> it. Um I rewatched it like mid December and I was like, oh, this is so bad. Like yeah. oh wow. What the it just kills me to think what what could have been if Ryan Johnson had directed episode nine. Mm-hmm. Or even called Trevor O. I think it I mean, I think that if Trevor O had done it, it would have been better. Yeah. Um, but anyway. anyway. Maybe maybe Jeff Nichols will do a a really emotional Star Wars. I honestly I think he could probably. I, I, I mean, I think family is Star Wars. I mean, that's yep. the, that's the yeah. Is. Especially after the Mandalorian, like I feel like he could do something like the Mandalorian. It'd be so awesome. true because and this kind of this kind of dovetails with the another thought that I had about Midnight Special is it is it is a it's pretty intense and he does that well and he said mm-hmm. i didn't i wanted to do something like a like a chase like action movie government chase or my yeah government chase movie like or at least what my idea of that is and a really really skillful thing that like i really i want to highlight in this podcast is when alton gets captured uh the boy with the goggles by the cult and then they follow kristen dunce joel edgerton and Michael Shannon. And instead of this high speed chase, it's like high speed for a while, but then the interstate gets backed up and then they drive by and see that the Colts truck, there's like blood all over it. A helicopter had landed and then taken off again, signifying that they probably took, he probably killed his kidnappers and then got stopped by the government. And then you find out that that's what happened. But that was just really clever to, instead of like this crazy high speed chase, you get stopped. You're like building anticipation because Mm -hmm. they're in standstill traffic. And then you, you get that very subtle reveal. Like he just F those dudes up. Like, (laughs) and then, and then later on you see him in the uh, interrogation room. I just, I think that he does action. Well, I think he like proved that in this movie. The, the one scene that stood out to me in, in addition to that one, was the scene where they're at the gas station and the lady like picks up uh what what's his name uh, Alton 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 and uh or I don't think she picks him up but like she looks at him and and then Joel Edgerton and Michael Shannon like run up to him then you see the uh, satellite in the sky yeah in one frame mm-hmm. before then like after it just comes out of nowhere it's like asteroids falling down and it scares it scared the crap out of me I completely yeah. forgot about it scene i like i jumped at that one i was like oh that was pretty tense I, you're like oh shoot 
that was that was that was good. I enjoyed that. Um, and that that was the scene that that stood out to me when it, when you think of the suspense and action in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and he like just so he goes, "I'm sorry," and uh, Shannon's like, "No, it's okay. I I should have stayed with you." And he's like, "No, I'm sorry." And when he says that again, it's like the weight of that like really hits you, and it's like, "Oh, oh crap! Something's about to happen." Right. Um, yeah. That was a really cool scene. I did like that. That was a cool one. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was when the movie really got going. Uh, yeah, and the it, chase was on, and uh, also how eerie it was whenever like you know something is coming you know something's happening because the first shot of the movie is the duct tape covering the uh peephole mm-hmm. um so that no one could see into their hotel room or motel room and then that comes up later but whenever they go to eldon's house and eldon in the middle of the night wakes up alton and is you know oh, yeah. getting the be- the beam of light yeah. into his eyes the first time i saw that i was like oh my gosh this is like mm-hmm. like everything's rattling in the room it's so it's kind of like the special effects are sparing but comprehensive and very mm-hmm. like like this is a real thing that's happening um oh it's so creepy he's that, like and they never tell you like they only tell you like oh i felt comfort i felt peace when i was looking mm-hmm. into his eyes and that kind of thing but Oh, it's so. I it was like, you're talking about the, creepy, the frame yeah. where he's like st- staring into that one dude's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, w- that was a little creepy image. Yeah. It was, it was scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that was good. Yeah, one. I like that. I like that frame a lot. I, like disturbing stuff like that. I'm a sucker for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very creepy. Yeah, I think this was also good evidence that he could do. Um, a quiet place. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yep. sure. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna do great with a quiet place. So mm-hmm. is I was Emily la- Blunt gonna be in that? Do you do y'all think she do will have die a cast? in the second one? They better not, because Emily Blunt is like my favorite actress ever. She's so good. She is she's awesome. I I love Emily Blunt. Man, I love Emily. It Blunt. would it would kill me if she's not in, in Quiet Place Three. I don't yeah. think I don't think she'll die. Because I like, think it would be too much more like all the good people are going to get killed off. I bet. I love that Killian Murphy is in it. I bet he might die, but then I don't, I don't know. It's just like, I'm interested to see if, cause the first one was wildly successful mm-hmm. and they build into a franchise and do something fresh. They have to make it something more than just survival, you know, um, mm-hmm. instead of just like, all right, he's going to die because then it turns into the walking dead, which is like, that. <laughs> Oh boy. Who's dying this week. Who's dying this week. Not yeah. Emily Blunt. What was that Quiet Place only a rated PG thirteen? Wasn't that like a, a like I, I think that was the thing where I was like, wow, this is really good for a PG thirteen scary movie. I think I think, I think you're right. I think I it think was, was PG thirteen, which is so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, um, can we talk about how Jaden uh, Martell, who plays uh, Alton, has quite the resume? What I was looking at it. He's in it. He's in oh duh. Yeah. He's in Saint Vincent, which had. I I didn't Bill see Murray, it. Bill Murray, Naomi Murray, and yeah, and Melissa McCarthy. Um, he's in that show on Apple TV with Chris Evans. Uh, something. Defending Jacob. Yes, boy. he's in Knives Out. Yeah, he's a little Nazi. Oh. Yeah, he's a little Nazi punk kid. And then he was in Aloha, which had a bunch of people in it, but was super controversial. <laughs> Cameron Crow movie. It's like three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think. It, is, oh, really? It's low. It it's is very low. low. Yeah, it did. It did bad. <laughs> I remember the uh, only reason I remember that movie because I love Cameron Crowe and I was hyped for that movie because of the cast. Mm-hmm. It's like Bradley Cooper. It is, it is a loaded cast. And then it the has great Emma, cast. Emma Stone in it. Emma yeah, Stone's in, in it. it. Yeah. And like it's based on a book 
And I think that the character Emma Stone plays is actually Asian or oh, like Hawaii- Pacific Islander. Paci- yeah, yeah, I think maybe yeah. Pacific Islander. And yeah. so they cast Emma Stone, who's one of the whitest people. I say that lovingly as also one of the whitest people. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> who was they it? They didn't cast Scarlett Johansson. I'm just fooling with I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, they did. They cast her. As, they cast her as a tree. <laughs> the caster is a tree <laughs> and when was it sandra o oh and andy samberg who hosted the emmys or the golden globes oh or yeah like that? they took a job it was, it was i don't remember what it was what award show it was but sandra o oh made a joke about how like um how all like how many like white actresses actresses get like asian parts and she talked about how great all the asian actors were in movies that should have gone to asian character or asian asian actors and you can hear emma stone in the background go like from the crowd go i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) that was like um did y'all know have y'all read about emily in paris because apparently that was yeah um uh, was it like an Indian? Yeah, I think oh, it really? was. It was then, not white. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. kind of makes me uncomfortable thinking about it. Yeah, I have not watched it. I have no interest in watching it. Yeah. I I love Lily Collins. Have no desire yep. to watch. Yep. So anyway, anyway, um, yeah, Jade Jade Martell, and Jane Martell is very good. Yes, in this movie. Yeah, like good. I mean, imagining okay, like the director says, okay, here you're gonna pretend like you're throwing up, and also your body's dying and you're sucking all the life out of the grass and he just kills it. Like, mm-hmm. like every scene where he, the lights coming out of his eyes, I was like, dude, this kid's good. This kid's really Yeah. Good. I think he's proved it too. After midnight special. I mean, going off all those movies, Olivia just listed, man. He's yeah. definitely has a bright future. I mean, he's, he's killing it right now. Um, yeah. I completely forgot he's in all those movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I know he's been in. I like when I see him. When I see any of those kids from it, I except for like Finn Wolfhard, I associate them with being in it. Um, and so I was like, what else has he been in? And I forgot he was in Knives Out, and then I didn't know he was in Saint Vincent. But yeah, he plays like that snobby kid in Knives Out. Yeah, that's yeah. He great. plays the punk. I mean, yeah. a kid you just want to punch. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, so he's oh guy. yeah, he's he is, yeah. he is wonderful in this movie. Like yeah. and. All those scenes you just called out, Isaac, all really powerful and expertly acted movie scenes from, I don't know, how old is he in this movie? When, when he was, when he did this movie? When did it come out? I'll, I'll look. It came out in 16. Was, but yeah, I bet he, he was like 14. He yeah, was you 13. can really feel just 13. the emotion yeah. in all yeah, that. Yeah, he was born in 03. So. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. Um and I think like he he did such a good job of playing this like very like sweet and like tender kid, um, which I don't know how many other other kids would have been able to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, um, when he's still kind of confident, yeah, it's it's this weird balance. That I I don't think that even like a lot of adult actors would have been able to convey as well. Um, like when he he like anytime he interacts with. Michael Shannon or with uh, like even with Lucas who he just met, but he was still so like um, just so great in those scenes with, with um, Joel Edgerton. And so it was, I, yeah, he's great. He was great. One, one of the, my nitpicks with very small nitpick is I wish the mother Kirsten Dunst had a bigger role than just Me like too. sitting there in the car. Yeah. Cause I love Kirsten Dunst as well. She's I, great. Yeah, I I completely agree. Cause she, she is very good, but mm-hmm. she is under 
underserved. Other than like, you don't really buy into... I mean, you, you were given so little information, like, you know, that she left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess she and Shannon don't have much, not chemistry, but like opportunity for their chemistry right. to, to right. evolve. And so you're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm glad she's there. But, and then, and that's, that was like another strange thing. She's the last one to see him, which does have emotional weight. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on the run. But you're also like, it felt kind of like Lucas should have been the one that should have gotten away. I, I feel that way because he he had sacrificed in order to protect Roy and Alton. And he had killed that cop, which is like a really powerful, <laughs> intense scene. Did not see that one coming. Yeah. 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 Um, and like, then he, you wait, learn... Is- and then you learn that he's also a state trooper. Yes. So he, he probably at least knew someone who knew that guy yep. if he didn't know him already. Right. Rough. Heavy stuff. Yeah. So anyway, I totally agree with you, Eric. Yeah, no, we, we should have gotten more Kirsten Dunst. Although maybe this is, I don't know if you guys feel this way and I, I haven't seen mud in a long time, so I don't really remember a whole lot about it, but maybe excluding loving. I feel like a lot of the lead women have been like underserved. Like like they play like the housewife role. Yeah. Time. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like they they don't get a whole which is okay to a certain extent, but I feel like they don't get maybe the due justice that they deserve if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just Yeah, I I think that yeah, because I mean, he's writing from the perspective of a at being a man and being right. a dad and and Jessica Chastain I think is like out of all his women characters other than Mildred Loving because he mm-hmm. didn't really write yeah that I mean right. he, that's yeah. based that's based in in history um and based on a documentary that he could pull a lot from right Jessica Chastain is given the most to do out of all his female characters and mm-hmm. she just absolutely kills it and yeah. take shelter but yeah here it's kind of like okay what <laughs> which what are you doing here what uh yeah, yeah it is really disappointing because i i just watched a movie this morning i'm like did she really do anything besides like sit in the car and be with alton in like that last scene um, yeah I'm, com- I'm not i'm not coming up with anything Th- this movie would not have passed the bechtel the bechtel Be- test bechtel, yeah bechtel test this is a this is a great called? podcast called the bechtel cast um, yeah nice you listen to that olivia i've I've heard yeah i've heard a couple yeah, it, episodes it's freaking awesome i love it yeah um but yeah i mean besides anyway i don't we don't have to get into the back <laughs> test right now <laughs> we can do that another time yeah well maybe maybe if jeff nichols listens to this he can i'm sure that uh, like he said a lot of uh, the most common complaint is that his movies are slow and the ending that, that people don't like the endings to his movies so I'm sure maybe he's heard that his female characters could get a little bit more to do. So I love I love his endings because they're always open ended and open yeah. interpretation. I mean that's that's his signature style to me when I think of Jeff Nichols. Right. His yeah. open his is like really insane third acts where everything just comes to an explosion, like the slow burn, and then the endings are always open for the viewer's interpretation, which I I love that. Yep, I yes. totally agree. I think that you can group the people who don't like his movies. I, I would I would venture to say that the people who don't like his movies are not patient movie watchers sure. because if you're patient like his movies are always rewarding and pay off but if you're like I want I want to know I want to I want to see the next thing I want to I want to they want to be like, handed 
is yep. borderline on a silver platter. Yep. Because he, in an interview, he had said, it's not my job to to tie everything up nicely for you. And he said that, he said that mud is tied up the most. And he said, but that's because that was an American movie. Um, and he said, he said, that's my, that's like my classic American movie attempt. And people complain when I did a traditional ending, that's like all neat and pretty. And people complain when I don't do that. <laughs> so like, what's the point in serving the audience? Uh, which I think is a great, a great point. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. Yeah. What do I you, think, what do you guys, Oh, go ahead. Olivia. No, I was going to say, I think that there are times in which it's important to think about what the audience is wanting or thinking about, like, the big franchises, for example. But oh, yeah. I think that if you're doing mostly like indie stuff, do do whatever, you know. Well, I guess maybe not do whatever, but do what's, you know, what you feel is important to your like writing style and directing style. Yep. And I think that that's the case with Jeff Nichols. Eric, what was your question before I interrupted you? Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was going to say, what did you guys think of the uh, the ending when you had like the city, just f- the alien city, this whatever you want to call the people, that city pop up out of nowhere? And you I see got all chills. The- that was that was so amazing. Um, I just thought the architecture was cool. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. They, there was a little a little special on the DVD extras um, that I watched where they, they talked about all the inspiration that they took from... Um, I forget where they pulled it from, but maybe I can pull it up real quick. But they they thought long and hard about how like you have these sprawling features and stuff, and then it comes down to like a single point that bears all that weight um, yeah. on the ground. And he's like, I thought about it a lot. So <laughs> yeah, and I like how the the aliens slash whatever are like just little lights. Um, mm-hmm. They're not like your stereotypical aliens. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, I was blown away by the ending. I thought it was it was perfect and just classic Nichols ending. Do you guys know the meme where it's like, uh, society? This is what society would look like if. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's wow. what I thought. That's exactly what. Special. So that's so, good. um, I was like, is that where that? No, that's not the same thing as the meme, it's but close, it looks though. so much like it. And unfortunately, that's exactly that's the first place my mind went. I didn't even at that, that scene. One. So uh, once I was able to like <laughs> try to like kick that out of my head, I was like, oh, okay, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought of the meme, and I was like, man, you is that me from Tomorrowland? Cool. For some reason, I think it's Tomorrowland. Maybe I don't it is know. Tomorrowland. I don't know. Yeah, because I think Tomorrowland has a bunch of that interesting, it, yeah, uh, so. interesting architecture and like specific type of architecture. Speaking of movies that bombed at the box office, Ooh, yeah. that was another. Have y'all seen? Have y'all seen it? That one. I was really disappointed by that movie. I was pretty interested to see, you know, whether or not it was good, and then I just never got around to see yeah, it. It's on Disney don't Plus. Waste, don't waste your time with that one. Yeah. Um, also isn't so that I do remember uh, on blank check with Griffin and David, they did an episode on Tomorrowland and I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this, but I'm interested to hear what they have to say. Um, and (laughs) they, they they were talking about, I forget the name of the actress, but she's playing like a 12 year old, but she was like 24 when they filmed it. And they're like, there's that whole weird writing dynamic and acting dynamics. Like you're supposed to be 12 and you're acting like you're 12, but you look like you're 24, 26. And I was like, this just sounds What crazy. is her name? It's like Britt or something. Britt something. Robertson. Britt Robertson. That's yeah, right. Britt Robertson. She's that was uh, Sadie a... Robertson's sister. I'm making that up. Oh, I was I like, wait, I'm really? I'm bullcrapping. Yeah. What's his name is in it too? The dude from House and Veep. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Yes, Hugh Laurie's in that. And I'm like, 
George he plays Clooney. the villain. Yeah, he plays. It's, oh, really? a, it's a very, it's a terrible movie. I don't guys, like trash movies, but it is terrible. Guys, Tim McGraw, <laughs> Catherine Hahn, and Keegan Michael Key are also in it, which yeah. I did not he know. Plays, Keegan plays a comic book, like re- own, comic book store owner. There's a lot of product placement in there. I remember him pretty much just promoing Disney stuff in the middle of the movie. Judy Greer is in it, who I love. I did not know Brad Bird directed it. Do you know That's who right. that was like his Guys. that was yeah, Tomorrowland that was, was his passion project. That, like he yeah. had wanted to make it for like 10 years and then finally was able to. And the budget for that movie is like $125 million or something Guys, insane. Do you know who besides Brad Bird, do you know who else wrote this movie? Wait, let me guess. I I, I know who I know. I I I'm gonna know it the minute you say it. What is it? Who is who was it? Damon Lindelof. That's oh, I knew that. I knew that. I had yeah, no idea. Right. Yeah. yeah, crazy, that's crazy, crazy times. So very different than the architecture at the end of Midnight Special. Uh, there's a short film by a visual effects artist named Alex Roman called The Third and the Seventh, and it it looks a lot like that. It's just beautiful architecture that's taken and placed in ro- remote locations, like in a wheat field or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, so I, and again, I love that the end of this movie, you build up to like, is anyone going to die in a final mm-hmm. confrontation? Is anyone like, are they going to get taken prisoner? What is this world? Like you have all these questions and Nichols chooses to answer I'm going to show you the world. And that's like what he does really well. He like does, he's not heavy on dialogue. He just shows you. He just leads you deliberately to a point where you're rev- you're given information, presented it visually, mm-hmm. and like all the reflections of like the building, like the reflection of the thing in the skyscraper. I thought that was mm-hmm. so good in the wheat field. It's pretty amazing. They show the the like Earth type of view of everything that has that appeared out of nowhere mm-hmm. and you're like or is is this spiritual is this another dimension like yeah what's the, what's the relationship and then you see the beings like walk out of the walk out of the woods toward yeah. the stairs and so you're like are there people just are those people living here mm-hmm. my interpretation are, was they become that, visible that, yeah my interpretation of that was they were also on the run and try and fi- go back home and they've just been mm-hmm. they've been like living like on earth and then uh then all the events happen and then Alton saves them at the end. That's my interpretation of the story. Mm-hmm. The one okay. on the ones walking out of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that interpretation. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you also get like I don't know. Yeah, you're no you're never answered like how did he get these powers? Like a lesser mm-hmm. I feel like a lesser movie would have said, well, there have been X number of cases with people with powers like this that the federal government's been examining for a long time. But I thought it was so clever for Driver to be the one to say, yo, so the information that you got from this kid are uh, (laughs) nuclear codes. (laughs) So (laughs) I remember that. What the hell? (laughs) How did you get this information? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's funny. You have one half is like, they're used this information is nuclear codes and you have the other half is this sam shepherd building sermons and stuff from mm-hmm. these random numbers and mm-hmm. dates yep so it's very very spooky yeah. and the cult never like well it, well it is manifested bill camp is really good in this movie too he was uh, i wrote down that note um he's the guy that plays doke who mm-hmm. goes oh. and kidnaps um i forget the name of the other guy that he's with i think scott hayes is 
Yes, him. yeah, that's who um, it is. But yeah, I love Bill Camp, and he's shown. I mean, he's in Loving. He's the uh, their attorney in Loving as well. But um, it, where they go, uh, Bill Camp and Scott Hayes are going to go talk to uh, Sarah's mom, mm-hmm. and Bill Camp is just looking at the door, and he's like. I'm an electrician. I'm registered in two states. I thought that was such a great scene where he's just, he's like, how did I get here? What, like, do I really believe this? This is what Mm -hmm. I'm about to do is really crazy. Um, This has, I think this is like the best cast out of Nichols movies. I would say it's better than mud. Ooh, that's a, the cast. That's a hot take or not. It might be a hot take. Might be, but I don't. I don't disagree. I'm gonna be. I mean, you have driver. Let you me have let Bill me revisit. Yeah. I'll, let's. We can have this conversation once I revisit Mud. Yeah. I'm just gonna have... be excited to rewatch Mud after seeing Reese Witherspoon and Big Little Lies. I'm. I'm. You guys <laughs> know this already, but I'm a Big Little Lies fanboy. At this oh point. yeah, yeah. I'm buying the book because it's good. Them. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, man, is Big Little Lies? Are they doing multiple seasons? I don't know if they're doing a season three. I didn't finish season two. I started season two, but like always, I was in grad school, and so I didn't uh. finish it. Um, but everyone I know who loved the first season did not really care. That, for the that's second. that's what I because there's only one book. It's not like there's a series. It's just one book, which is weird because Meryl Streep's in the second, right? Yes, she plays yeah. she she plays uh, Skarsgård. Yeah, of a main character. Yeah. For yeah nice okay it is, it is great wash so anyway yeah, yeah yeah it'll be it's so good man i love this but it's yeah so that, i mean I, I don't even know if that's all i take because you're right this this cast is loaded and mm-hmm. it, i don't think hard. we talk about joel edgerton but i mean he, he nails it again yep yeah yep. yeah this so this movie came out yeah it came out the same year as loving it came out in February. Wait, wait, was it February? Yeah, it came out in February, and then Loving came out in November. Okay. Um, that was I didn't know that fact that they came out the same year. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the reason we're doing Midnight Special is because we wanted to do Mud last because it's his most popular movie. Mm-hmm. So, so y'all will be getting Mud in two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, two wow. weeks after this comes out. Yes. So, um, oh, final thing. What do you think happened to Sarah's mom? Because there are two, that's one, that's one really ominous thing that you, you don't know whether or not they killed her. I thought that they were, I couldn't remember, but I thought that they were going to use her as a ransom. Mm -hmm. And then that doesn't happen. They just show up. I think, I guess they got information from her. She was probably okay. They got information from her. We're able to follow them to the hotel and that's where they kidnap Alton. But the other ominous thing the what? I was going to say, I'm going to assume she's dead. I think there's a lot of on-screen yeah. de- off-screen deaths that go on in this movie. Probably. Because I forgot that uh, Roy killed Eldon. That was the other guy I was thinking about. I yeah. was like, oh, shoot. He, like, killed him. Yeah. Uh, I'd Because I'd, that happens off-screen. Yeah. Um, and typical, like, Nichols doesn't like violence. and Or he doesn't think that fights are cool. Um, which I think serves this movie well. Yep. So, But you guys have any final thoughts about this movie? I... I think this movie is very underrated. I agree. Yeah. I, I I like this movie a lot, especially on the second watch. I, I, I'm going to say on the first time I watched it, I don't think I liked it the first time I watched it in theaters. I didn't love it the first time I watched uh, it, but now I... Yeah, I appreciate this movie a lot, especially after talking about it with y'all. Um, there's a lot of things I learned and, and, and have caught now from from discussing a movie. and It, it was a fun watch, and um, I agree. It's, it's underrated. and It probably falls behind Take Shelter... Mm-hmm. and mud in line but definitely enjoyable and one i will probably visit again music david wingo did the yes. music for this and yes. 
loving. And I'm not sure whether or not he did it for Mud. I forgot to call out the music because that was one thing I had written down was don't forget to talk about the music because the music you don't, is awesome in this movie. Right. You don't have to do a lot, but I mean, like it's minimalistic, but especially the music is fantastic at the scene mm-hmm. w- with where the world is revealed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Like just chills. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Any any other final thoughts, Olivia? Uh, I thought it was great. I I liked it on my first watch. Um, nice. but I think that I like I said I think at the top top of this it probably is because we've been talking about Jeff Nichols. This is the fourth Jeff Nichols movie I've watched in a short amount of time, like maybe within a month or two, mm-hmm. however long oh. we've been doing this, and so um, so I think because I've really grown to appreciate him as a director i enjoyed this movie from jump so maybe if again maybe if i'd watched it kind of out of nowhere wouldn't have felt the same way but yep it's a good movie nice great all right well everyone please remember to rate review subscribe share with someone you know who likes this movie um which would probably be pretty amazing because this movie is very <laughs> underseen and uh did not make a impact i think it's gonna have like a cult-like following if it I does think so too yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely has the writings on the wall for it. But uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, share this, and uh, please let us know your thoughts if uh, whenever this gets released at us on Twitter, DM us on Instagram, um, tag us in your stories. We'd love to interact with you guys about mm-hmm. this movie. I will. I know a couple people who do not like this movie that I'm going to share this episode with and hopefully get some some feedback from them because they like Jeff Nichols, but they don't like this movie um from him so yeah all right guys it was good good hanging with you all yeah and uh we will see you guys in two weeks for mud our final jeff nichols movie and his most popular so that'll be cool going back to back least successful the most successful (laughs) (laughs) and who cares that harvey weinstein walked out of mud because harvey weinstein is trash (sighs) he is trash yeah i'd help him only one who can yeah for real (laughs) all right i'm isaac signing off from conway arkansas i'm olivia signing off from oklahoma and i'm eric signing off from arkansas we'll see y'all later